Are you ready to elevate your doula business to the next level? I want to introduce you to the ultimate guide to crafting your kick-ass doula packages. Whether you're a seasoned doula looking to refresh your offerings or just starting out in the field, this free guide is your roadmap to success. In this guide, you'll find strategies to tailor your services for your clients, ways to make the prices sustainable for you and something that you feel really great about, and different creative ways to make your doula packages unique to you and not just the same as everybody else's in the industry. This is a free guide and you can download it right now. Head over to hurrahdoulaservices.com slash doula packages to get your copy today. Hello, welcome to Kaylee Daily, the weekly podcast about all things doula tips and tits. I am Kaylee Harad, your host and also birth doula, postpartum doula, childbirth educator, and mom of three. Um, I am the author and creator of the Birth Prep Blueprint. That is the um, childbirth education class that sponsors this lovely podcast. Um, And so that childbirth education is a virtual course that you do in the comfort of your own home, um, taught by me very focused on evidence-based information and informed consent and um, centering you in the midst of your own birth and postpartum time. So um, so that's a little bit about me. To get us started, we are going to um, talk today about a pregnancy question. So if you've been around here for a little bit, you know that I use these episodes to answer questions that you all have, that my clients have had, that my students have had, um, and I would love to actually hear your questions. So if you are new here, please do hop over to Instagram and start um, connecting with me over there. I would love to hear what your questions are so I can answer them for you. Um, and I would love to just connect with you because that's one of the things I love about this work is connection. Um, today's question, oh, before I ask the question... This is not medical advice. I am not your medical provider. Um, This is education and entertainment only. So please do consult your own medical team for medical information about you. So um, today's question is, when should I go into the hospital? Now, this is a question that requires many caveats, um, as many of my questions do. But I like for you to hear some of the nuance in these things. So that is intentional. Um, that's also very much how I teach my class. So, um, so this question of course assumes that you're going to a hospital, right? So don't worry if you're giving birth at home or giving birth at a birth center, don't hang up yet. Don't, don't sign off yet. This, um, will still be for you. So I won't just focus on hospital birth here, but when I hear this question, it is almost always in the context of the hospital. Um, And part of why I wanted that to be how I framed this question is that I think if you're giving birth at a birth center or a home birth um, or or at your own home, then your team tends to be a little bit more communicative during the process of labor um, because they're not managing a whole labor and delivery floor, right? And so they are generally guiding you in a more hands-on way about when they should join you or when you should come to them, okay? Okay. So that's part of the context as well. I knew I was going to lose that earring. All right, I'm taking out the other one. Um, Okay, so when do you go to the hospital? So there's lots of variations of normal for labor, right? So um, if you have not yet listened to the um, episode on contraction timing and what a contraction is, you should go do that. 
So stop right now, go do that, listen to that one first, because that one came before this one on purpose, okay? Um, and I'm going to link it in the notes so that you can just hop right over to it and then come back to this one. Um, actually, I'll link this one in those notes too. Mm, I'm getting very fancy with my tech if you haven't noticed. <laughs> um, so... So today's question has a lot of caveats. One of the things that I hear all the time, like uh, ad nauseum, is um, 511. If you are pregnant and you have heard the metric 511 um, for going to the hospital, that drives me bananas, first of all. But also, it's applied to everyone like it's a rule that applies to all labors, which it just isn't, right? And so I want to give some context around, first of all, why is that given? And then why are what are some other things that are given and what are some contexts to think about when you're following that metric so um first what does that mean so what is 511 511 is a contraction pattern that is 5 minutes apart so beginning of one to beginning of the next 1 minute long so from beginning to end of one contraction is 1 minute give or take it's not a perfect 60 seconds and then that pattern continues for an hour okay so that's what that means now, um, I live in DC. In this area, there are thousands of people giving birth, right? So the birth, the volume of birth is very high at any given time, any given day, any given month, right? So in this area, many of the hospitals have a minimum threshold of dilation for admission in the midst of active labor. That means if you arrive to the hospital at two centimeters in the DC area, most hospitals are going to send you home and ask that you come back when you're a little bit farther along. However, what some providers don't tell you is that if they want you to come at 5-1-1, some people are only two centimeters when they get to 5-1-1 as a metric, right? That's generally pretty early still in labor. Like you're getting into the more active part of labor, but it's the earliest part of that in most cases. Now, not all cases, right? But in most cases, you're on the earlier side. And what's really frustrating is to have a metric given to you by your provider and then arrive at your birthing location and be told you came too soon when you in fact came at the exact time that your provider told you to come, right? So if your provider is telling you 511, my best information for you is to ask, why? What is their reason for that? And two, is there some kind of minimum dilation at your location so that you have that information to, to give some context to that metric, okay? The other thing to keep in mind is that not all providers do tell people to come in at 511, okay? So it's sometimes in labor because, or in pregnancy, right, but also in birth especially, if you're doing it for the very first time, what you're being told by whoever, if that's an authority person, if it's your provider, someone you know who's given birth, it's easy to think that that's the only thing that people think about that topic, right? So a provider says people should come to the hospital at 511. That sounds like a very concrete, factual statement, right? But I want you to know that some providers don't tell their clients to come to the hospital at 511. They want their patients to wait at home longer than that. 
And that's also normal and also in lots of cases really super safe. And so that's not a golden, the 511 is not like a golden rule for all providers and all birthing people, okay? So um, in this area, in the DC area, I work with some um, in-hospital midwife providers and some out-of-hospital midwife providers, so home birth and birth center midwives. Now, those two groups, the two that I work with most frequently, both midwife groups, um, do say the same thing to their patients in terms of metrics unless there's some kind of extenuating circumstance, okay? So um, their metric that they generally give to their patients that, that are like, normal, healthy pregnancy and wanting to labor unmedicated and laboring at home as long as possible. Those folks have the metric of going or, or like heading in when they've been laboring for, um, like when contractions are about two to three minutes apart, one minute long for two to three hours. Okay. So that is a very, very different metric than five minutes apart, one minute long for one hour right? Um, Now, the other thing that those teams take into account is some external factors. They're not saying like, if you're four minutes apart and you feel like you're starting to push, just stay home until you're two minutes apart, right? They're not saying that. They're like, if you feel like you need to push, please come in. If you're having rectal pressure, come in. Now, rectal pressure, I think, is going to be its own episode because (laughs) I think you need to know what that means and the context around it and all of that. Um, but, But they are not just holding this hard, fast rule where they're like, there's never a time when you should come in before this. And in fact, we're weighing more than just the timing of your contractions when we help you make that decision, right? So what are some things that are external factors then, since I brought that up, right? So some things that are external factors are, how are you coping? So like your temperament, right? Are you like chatty? Do you want to have jokes? Do you really enjoy like small talk with or between contractions? Are your eyes open or closed? Um, Do you recall things really easily and quickly? So like if someone asks you your birthday, can you just rattle it off, right? Like I can just rattle my birthday off. But in the midst of labor, your brain sort of like shuts down (laughs) the unnecessary things to labor and goes into what we sometimes refer to as labor mode. When you're in that space, it sometimes takes a second to recall things like your birthday, your phone number, like things that you would easily be able to recall otherwise can be harder to recall in that place. If you feel um, a difference in terms of pelvic pressure, so you're feeling like vaginal pressure or rectal pressure, you feel like you need to poop, but you don't need to poop, that kind of thing, um, then that's also an external sign of going to the hospital. Also, the timing does depend on whether you've given birth before. So if you've given birth before, typically the, the final part and the pushing part of your labor tends to go a little bit faster. So it's easier to feel like you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, you're fine, and then you had a baby in the car, right? And I'm not saying you will have a baby in the car, but I'm saying there's there's a time when your metrics will be different for when to come or when to call in your team, okay? The other thing that I want you to think about 
is what your game plan is, right? Because if you have a game plan of having an epidural in the middle of labor, like you want to get to a certain point or maybe just like go as long as you can or whatever, and then you want an epidural, that's a very different game plan than hoping to go unmedicated or planning to go unmedicated and then wanting to have like a a different level of coping all the way to the end of labor, right? And so let's say you're having an out-of-hospital home birth, right? Then what you're looking for is also at what point are you ready for more hands, right? At what point are you ready for more expertise? At what point are you ready for some support and some help? And that's also what's kind of dictating when you call your other people in. So when you call in your doula, when you chat with your midwife, maybe call in your midwife team. The same with a birth center. Oftentimes, I the one birth center I go to pretty frequently, um, their midwives tend to give my clients a wide range. Like they're not necessarily saying, we want you to come right at this moment, but they're also taking into account like how busy are they, how many other people are in labor, Does this person sound like they could definitely use a birth tub right now, right? Um, And there's lots of other factors going into that decision, okay? If your plan for help, like coping help in the midst of labor is an epidural and not your midwife team or your doula or other coping strategies, then going into the location at the point that you're ready for that help is a good idea, right? with the knowledge of when will they let you stay? Because it is certainly very frustrating to get to a hospital and you're ready for an epidural and you're only two centimeters and they're not going to let you have it yet, right? So you want some of that to balance so that you have an idea of how long really should you stay home before you go in for those kinds of coping tools, but also when will they actually let you stay so that you're not going in so early and getting sent back and forth, you know? Um, The other thing to keep in mind is that there are some circumstances in which you would need to be at the hospital sooner. So I'm not going into like great detail of all the possible variations of normal in the midst of labor, but sometimes there are reasons that the baby needs to be on the monitor, right? Maybe you Um, maybe you have high blood pressure, maybe, um, you have group B strep bacteria present. There are, there are some factors at play that would actually mean that the baby should be on the monitor sooner rather than later. And that is where I think having a conversation with your provider about why they're giving you the metric they're giving you is really helpful. Because if your provider says, I want you to come in when your contractions are five minutes apart. And they're one of these these midwife teams that I'm talking about, right? And and they typically have people come at two minutes apart. If they're telling you to come at five minutes apart, they have a really good reason for that, right? Because that's not what they usually tell people. But if it's on the flip side of that, if it's a team that's telling you to come at five minutes apart because that's what they tell everyone, then having some information about your particular circumstance so that you can weigh when the right time is for you can be a really helpful and actually a very empowering um, thing to do. So talk to your provider about things like at what point can you be admitted if you're giving birth at a hospital. Um, talk to your doula if you have a doula about you know how to navigate that decision of who when people should come to you or when you should go somewhere else and all of that kind of thing. If you're giving birth out of the hospital, talk to your midwife team about that. 
ask them, like, what are the metrics that they look for? What are some external signs that they're looking for? Um, because those are important things that you need to couple together with that contraction timing metric. Okay. So that's it for today. I know this is a little bit of a longer episode. I would love if you subscribed, hang out with me on Instagram, send me a quick message with a question that you have. I would love to answer it for you. Um, and then check out below for that other episode about contractions that you need to go back and listen to if you have not done that. So I wish you lovely, well-informed births, and I will talk to you again soon.